Half the Battle is back. It's me, Daniel Levy, your host. We got a great edition of Half the Battle today. First up, we're going to be talking to UFC newcomer Albert Morales. He's making his UFC debut this Saturday in Hidalgo, Texas against Alejandro Perez. That's going to be a great fight, man. Then right after that, we got UFC vet Sean Soriano in the house. He's taking on Levan Mahishvili this weekend at CES 38. And then we're going to talk to Calvin Cater. He's a really cool dude. He's 15-2 and two as a pro fighter. And he's also a promoter for his own uh, organization. So it's not often you get to talk to guys that balance those kind of things in their lives. So, man, we got a lot to talk about. First up, Albert Morales. Here we go. Joining me on this very special edition of Half the Battle is Albert Morales. Albert, welcome to Half the Battle, man. Hey, how you guys doing? Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. It's my pleasure, dude. So, I mean, dude, you got the call on short notice that you're taking on Alejandro Perez in Hidalgo, Texas. How pumped were you when you got that call, man? Um, I'm very pumped, man. I'm, I'm, I've been ready to, you know, to, to showcase my skills on the, on the big stage. Um, I was actually kind of expecting a shorter notice. I feel like they gave me a little bit too much time for this guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you were expecting to get the call, like, on the week of the fight or what? Yeah, like something like a two-week notice fight. And, oh, Albert, we need you to hop in, like, which we're ready. We're always ready. But, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's their bad. They gave me a month and a half to prepare for this guy, so... Uh, feel bad for him. Man, a lot of eyes are going to be open because, you know, a lot of people haven't gone back and watched your fights. I have. I know firsthand what you're all about. Dude, you're huge for the weight class. How was your weight when you got that call? Um, What do you mean when I got back home? No, when you like, got uh, when you got the call. Sorry. Oh, no. I, 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 You know, people say I'm huge. I think I'm just built big because I walk around at 150. You know what I mean? Like, um, I'm always around. As soon as I get down to 145, then it's an easy cut. So it's really like I really don't walk around too big. I kind of stay around. I, I I I'm constantly eating a diet on my diet. I do eat, you know, and it's like I, I'm lucky enough to like be able to eat, you know, in and out sandwich, burgers all the time. So <laughs> I don't know. I just I, I guess I work so much that I'm able to eat. Um, so yeah, I don't walk around too big. Hold up, dude. So you mentioned in and out, but I gotta ask you this: Have you ever been to Shake Shack before? Never in my life. Oh man, is that is that a Cali pride thing or or something? No, hell no, dude. I'm all no, dude. Food is food, man. Anyway, yeah, I like steaks. I like burgers. I like. I, the only thing I don't like is sushi, dude. So I'm always up to try anything, man. So I, I definitely gotta try out Shake Shack, wherever that is. Dude, it's so damn good. You know, I, I think it gives a uh, In and Out a run for their money. I know a lot of people are gonna give me shit when they hear this, but that's just the truth, man. It uh, Shake Shack's the truth, bro. Where's that at? Well, I know they got it here in Atlanta, but of course they got it in Cali too. They got it in Vegas, so uh, I'm sure you're not going to have too much of a problem finding a location, my friend. All right, cool. I'm going to go looking for it. That's the next thing. So <laughs> so what's your background, man? Because, I mean, uh, your last name is Morales. Is your family uh, Mexican or what? No, well, so my, my, my mother is from Belize and my father is from Bolivia. So I'm like, a, I like to say I'm a true American, you know. I'm, I'm part of the big old malt, melting pot. So, um... Yeah, but I, I grew up with my mom, uh, so I represent Belize. That's the big thing because I, 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 you know, um, for a while I didn't know my dad. I actually just got in touch with him. I would say about four years ago, and you know we're cool. I love my dad now. Um, but my mom, like that, that's why I represent Belize because my my mom's family's been there. My uncle's like one of the closest guys to me. Um, yeah, so like that's why I represent Belize. Uh, background, man. I, I I had a pretty rough childhood, you know being uh the only hispanic looking kid that doesn't speak spanish in a <laughs> yeah in a hispanic neighborhood i um and and my mom honestly my mom worked hard so did my stepdad 
and and they 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 gave us the best home possible but just just growing up in that area i had to be tough and then you know once i realized that i can throw these hands i kind of wanted to be the baddest guy on the block so you know that that led to a bunch of negative <laughs> negative circumstances where i ended up getting incarcerated and stuff like that first uh, so yeah that, that yeah uh, four first generation american huh so man i mean tell me about the first fight you ever got into before you became a pro fighter that gets paid to fight Oh man, well, my first fight was a long time ago. It's a, it's a pretty like, well, the, I'll, I'll, I'll give you my first ever fight. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At first, at first, I was like, and this is like, I'm telling you, this is like second grade, second, third grade. But anyways, um, every that was a, I was kind of like a sheltered kid. Like I said, my mom would put give me jewelry, and she was, I was her first kid, her first boy. So she spoiled me. I would go to school and, and have my jewelry and, and I'd get jumped on a daily basis. They jacked my stuff. And every day I'd come home crying because I didn't know what fighting was. You know, I was just a spoiled little kid. So I'd come home crying and every day my mom would see my jewelry is missing. She'd see me crying. And then one day my mom was like, look, if you come back crying one more time, I'm going to kick your ass. And so I was like, all right, cool. So literally the first thing I did was go to school. I found the, you know, the kids that jumped me and, and I rushed them. And, and, and once I beat the crap out of one, I, I kind of went on a rampage and realized I can kind of beat up everybody. So I became like the bully of the bullies. There you go. That's what's up, man. It's kind of like Dexter. Uh, have you ever seen that show, The Killer of the Killers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up because, you know, uh, it's a lot scarier when your mom threatens you than one of those bullies threatens you. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, man. That shit scared me, scarred me for life, you know? Like, well, good thing, though. You know, it actually worked out. So, well, yeah. not, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, bro, because, I mean, now you're fighting Alejandro Perez in Hidalgo, Texas, your UFC debut. I mean, look, Alejandro's a lot more experienced than you, but experience is only something that matters on paper. So, I mean, what do you think about the matchup, man? I mean, it's a great fight. Um, it's a, I think it's a great fight for me. Um, I, I, his experience doesn't mean anything. Um, he, sure, he could have a couple more fights, but I've been, like, on paper, but I've been fighting my whole life. I've been fighting for my life. So him, you know, his experience doesn't mean crap to me. Um, I think it's an easy fight. Um, I feel like I'm going to finish him in the first round. My coach thinks second, but I'm uh, that, that's, <laughs> that's the wager between me and my, my coach, you know. But we, we prepare, you know, we train all day. Like, there's, I, I honestly don't see anything that I don't see any problems. I see, I see, I see that for all the bantamweights in my division. You know, I don't see anybody giving me too much of a problem, and I, I can't wait to come out there and expose that. I feel like the bantamweight division is kind of. They, they kind of work on flashy things, and, and, and I'm so fundamentally strong that I'm going to come punch them in the face really, really hard, and, you know, they're not going to like it. And it's as simple as that. And I'm excited to get in there because I'm willing to take a punch to give a punch, and I think a couple of those guys aren't. So I'm, I'm excited to get in there and whoop some ass and make some money. Absolutely, man. And uh, you mentioned that wager that you have with your coach. Well, listen, dude, I'm a betting man, so I need to know which one to bet, bro. Is it the first round or the second round, or should I just take man, the, I the under one and a half? Nah, man, take the first round for sure. Okay. I might take even look at round. that uh, fight doesn't go the distance prop too. Oh, yeah. No, that ain't, it, it's definitely not going the distance, you know. And, and uh, when it went, when because when we always prepare, like like me and my coach, we prepare for five-round fights. And the way we prepare for five-round fights is we do 10-minute rounds, you know. So uh, that's all I'm doing. I just, we don't, like, when I, when I, do, when I hit, hit my rounds with, with my sparring partners, we, we don't go by the bell. We go by my coaches. And my coach doesn't, you know, he, he just sits there and watches this far. So it goes, it goes from anywhere from like 10 to 12 minutes rounds. And we do, and we take a break for a minute and then we're back, right back into another 12 minute round. 
So we prepare for those, man. So like if, 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 if not this fight, of course, obviously this fight's, you know, we're going to blow through this, but I mean, it's like if I, if there ever comes into a time where we're going to fight a guy who's, who, who, we, who we think is pretty durable and, you know, we might go three rounds, man, expect that fight to be extremely bloody. Um, a lot of big hits by me, you know, it's going to be, if he's tough, he's tough, man, you know, but like, you know, I'm coming to knock you out. I'm coming to make you bleed. I'm coming to break your arm. So whatever it is, man, we're so, ready for it. So dude, you mentioned, you said, these are your words. You said this is an easy fight. I mean, are you underestimating Alejandro? Is that just your, uh, no, your no, personal assessment? Not. No, 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 no. It's just my, you know, my, mine and my coach's assessment. Um, I was like, I respect him. I respect the fact that he, he, you know, he fights, he, he puts his heart into it also. You know, I respect it. Like, um, I respect everybody that does what we do. It's not an easy sport. It sucks. You know, we, we don't get paid till we get to this point. So I respect them. It's just that I prepare. So like, like I, you know, I take, I, I take this from Ronda Rousey is that I prepare for my worst day to be better. My worst day to be better than your best day. There so that's the way I prepare, you know, like, uh, I don't know, man. I'm ready to, I, I feel like I was like, you know, I should have been killed. I should have been dead. So like, I'm here for a reason. I'm destined for greatness. And, and I really feel that I believe that. And, 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 and why not, you know, why not express it to the world and show everybody that I do feel that way. And, and there's nothing I can, I'm going to say it, I'm going to do it. And there's nothing you can do about it. Absolutely, man. I mean, you got to have the the confidence of a champion before you enter the octagon. Cause I mean, the octagon is not a place to be if you're not a confident person, you know what I'm saying? Definitely. Yeah. I tell my, I tell my, uh, my, my friends and teammates and coaches that I, uh, you know, my mom, my mom, especially, she kind of freaks out a little bit. She's like, Oh, you're fighting the big boys. I'm like, no, I am the big boy. They just don't know. it. <laughs> there you, you go, know? brother. There you go, man. That's the right mindset. So, I mean, dude, let's, uh, let's analyze Alejandro real quick, because I mean, if you look at his fights in the UFC, it's been really interesting. So he's the first, uh, Mexican to win the ultimate fighter. I mean, it's him and Yair, you know, whichever one of them fought yeah. on the card first was the first Mexican to, uh, to win the ultimate fighter. So he has that fight with Morales. Then he comes back against Patrick Williams. And I mean, I guess that could happen against anyone in that weight class. He just got caught right off the bat with a big punch and then got choked out. Then after that, you know, he beats a, a vet in Jorgensen. And then next is his last fight. That's when I was really impressed with him because he got out of the heel hooks from a dude who's a specialist in the leg locks. You know how those uh, leg lock dudes are. They, I mean, they're all in on the legs, man. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, good, good for him. You know, it's really not too hard for me to defend leg locks. You know, it's nothing we drill like. But I train with jujitsu world champions, man. So like, I'm not really, I don't really, too, I don't really, you know, if you're preparing against a, a guy that's, you know, if you know he's gonna go for your legs, it's really not too hard to figure it out. Um, no, he's tough, man. I give it to him. Like, like he's he's a very tough opponent. I, like, I've I, I've seen like um, I saw the Patrick fight. You can't really take too much off of that, except that uh, that straight punch is really gonna hurt him when I hit him with it. Um, let's see, he, his, his first fight to get his first for the contract, I mean, for, for the, the title of the ultimate fighter, that was a cool fight to see, but, uh, I did see a lot of holes in his game. Um, I, like, I, there's a lot of things that, that, that he does wrong. Like, um, uh, I see that he gets out of place when he, when he, when he gets some flurries where his foot, where his footing in, isn't, you know, in the right place to strike. So I'm going to take advantage of that. I feel that he starts to brawl a little bit, which I like to brawl, but I technically brawl, you know. Um, I know the time and place to do it. I feel like he kind of leans towards that eventually. Like, that's the kind of fight that he wants, and it's not a fight that I'm going to give him. Um, he doesn't really set up his kicks too much. He kind of just throws them, and if he does that, I'm going to punch him in his face. 
So there's a lot of things, man. And, and I think he's going to revert back to wrestling at the end of it once I start cracking him in the face with my hard rights and, and nice hooks. You know, he's going to start reverting to, to wrestling, and then he's going to get stuffed, and, and there it is. I'm going to keep it standing the whole fight. Absolutely. Now, dude, I've seen you knock guys out. I've seen you tap guys out. I've even seen you go the full three-round distance. What do you like doing the most out there? What gives you the most satisfaction? Man, um, this last fight was 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 very satisfying because I got the knockout. Like, there's no better feeling than that. Um, jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu is like my life, man. Jiu-jitsu is more like my paradise. Like, when I at the end of the day, I train jiu-jitsu every day. Like, after even if I've had a tough day of training. You know, at the end of the day, I always go back to jujitsu and I roll because that's like, that's my, that's almost like my yoga. That's like my meditation spot, getting submitted, submitting, rolling, you know, that, 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 that's like my love. So like, if it ever goes to the ground, we're cool, man. You know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a purple belt, but I train with black belts like all the time, you know? So like, and not just black belts, world champion black belts. I'm part of the Carlson Gracie team. So I train with nothing but beast. Um, so that, and you know, and that's my fun part. So if it goes to the ground, then good luck to you, man. Um, but I, I love standing up, man. I love, I love, I think that that's the best part. I think we all start off standing up, you know. Yeah, sure, it might go to the ground, but I kind of want to knock you out. And I feel that I've been working my, 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 my timing, my accuracy a lot. So I, I kind of want to get all knockouts, you know. But if it goes to the ground, it goes to the ground, and then I get to play a little bit. And, uh, dude, how's your get-up game? Because when I've seen you off your back, you know, you're submitting dudes with triangle chokes. But let's say someone neutralizes your submission offense. How's your get-up game? Oh, easy. Uh, I, I, you know, we work get up games. Um, you know, it's, it's actually, you know, it's funny. Like there's nothing, honestly, the way me and like I, the way we think is just like fighting isn't as complicated as people make it. You know, it's not about doing all these crazy techniques. It's simplicity. It's, it's, it's what works, you know, and it's it, as simple as it put your feet on someone's hips and push them off of you. You know what I mean? Like, it's really that simple. And I really feel that way. Of course, there's like certain little techniques that I'm not that you guys are gonna have to see during the fight. But I mean, it, it's simple. Like, like that's what we do. We, we do simplicity, and we do like the basics and the bare minimum, so we save as much energy as possible. So when we get back up, we're gonna smash your face in, or or, or I'm gonna sweep you. But like, yeah, get up is it's, it's not too hard. We work cage work. I feel like most of the UFC has horrible cage work, and I can't wait to show that off. You know. So I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm really excited. I'm really excited to show that, you know, hard work pays off, that you can change your destiny. That there's no such thing. You're in control of it. I'm excited, man. So I mean, I'm excited to get that belt and all those big money checks. Oh, yeah, man. That's awesome, man. I mean, dude, your last fight, you went in there against Mario Israel. This is a guy that when you fought him, he was 10-1 and 1 at the time. You know, it goes back to what we were speaking about earlier with Alejandro having more experience on paper. Mario had more experience on paper, and you knocked him out in 20 seconds. Yeah, it, 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 you know, it just shows that and, and we game planned exactly for what that happened. And that's what happens when you don't sit up your kicks, you know. So and, and Mario and that was to me, that's a harder fight than this is because Mario's fucking tough. Like he's he's no joke. And not only that, me and Mario trained together before. Like we, we you know, I actually like Mario. We were actually I'm not going to say friends, but I don't associate with any 35ers. I don't associate with really 45ers because I don't want them coming down to my division. So. I don't, I don't make friends with anybody in my division, but Mario was actually one that I actually respected and was actually cool with. And so that was tough, but hey, we went in there, we both have a goal, we have, you know, and, and we put it out there. And that's what happened. Yeah, man. Hey, so dude, who you got in the main event between uh, Dustin Poirier and Michael Johnson? That's such a cool fight. That's like my, like, Dustin is one of my favorites of all time, man. Dustin, like, I love Dustin. 
um, going back to that, that, you know, I first saw Dustin in that movie with, um, uh, who else was in there? There's a bunch of, yeah. Fightville, you know, Fightville, Fightville. There it was, man. It was sucked. You know, that's when I was like hooked on Dustin. And then I see him in the UFC, W, um, what is it? WEC, like all, all those cool, like, man, Dustin is awesome. I love the diamond. Um, I got Dustin. I got Dustin. I, I can never go against Dustin, even against Connor. Connor's like right now, like my favorite fighter. Not just because of his fighting style. Yeah, he's got like he's ridiculous, but I like what he's brought to the game, you know. Um, but 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 even against Connor, I chose Dustin. So I was kind of heartbroken when that happened. I'd like to see it again. But yeah, Dustin all day. Yeah, Dustin's the man, and at fifty five, he's really come into his own, man. He's I mean, killing it, man. Oh he's my god, it at fifty five. Yeah, he's a, he's finishing dudes that don't often get finished. And if you watch uh, Michael Johnson's last two fights, yeah, they were against really tough guys. But you know what those two tough guys he lost to have in, com- in common with Dustin? They're both southpaws. So, man, I've seen yep. I've seen a weakness in uh, MJ's game against the southpaws. So I wonder if, uh, you know, if Dustin shows up at 100%, he can definitely exploit that. It's going to be a good one. That's going to be a good – I'm excited for your eye Hall too, man. Hey, who, who you got in yeah. that one, bro? Your eye Hall versus Derek Brunson? That's a good-ass fight. That's a dope fight, but I'm going with Uriah. Like, you know, it's funny. Like, the reason, like, like, not only am I a big fan of MMA, but like, the reason why I'm like so like excited about those fights is because I'm going for a win bonus, and those, like, both those guys get win bonuses all the time. So I'm like a little nervous. I'm kind of sad that I'm I'm before them, but we'll see, man. We'll see how it goes. Hey, man, you pull up Patrick Williams out there. It's gonna be kind of hard to deny you a bonus, right? Yeah. yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be nicer than a Patrick Williams. There, yeah, I know that was. Gonna, a, I was surprised when that happened, dude. Mm, yeah, yeah. No, uh, I, I don't know. It was it was really smart of Patrick Williams to go for the submission instead of trying to finish it. I, I like that. That was really cool. But Patrick Williams is a jiu-jitsu guy, so you know, I kind of expected it. But it was cool, man. It's really smart. I don't know. I'm I'm here to make Alejandro famous. You know what I mean? I'm here to make. Uh, you, he was the he was Albert's first fight. You know he's famous for that. That's what I'm here to do. Yeah, exactly, man. Build your name off of him because I mean, dude, he's got a following. He's got a name. I mean, obviously, being the first Mexican to win the Ultimate Fighter, that that comes with a. I mean, that's that's a big fucking deal. So to beat a guy like that in your UFC debut is going to go a long way in your career. Oh yeah, I'm excited about it, man. I can't at first. You know, I'm excited, man. That's it. Like I'm just ready. It's I'm what almost. What, like a week away, two weeks away? Man, I can't wait. Man, can't wait. We, can't we, wait. we spoke about this earlier, but I need to know your actual opinion about this. You're going to be the underdog in this fight. What do you think about being the underdog? Oh. I mean, is that something you love? Like, I, how do you feel about that? Dude, I love it for the fact that all my family members are going to bet and make some money. I love it, dude. I love it. Like, I'm going to, I love the fact that I'm underdog. I, I, I love it because. Uh, well, I hope he doesn't think I'm an underdog. I hope he thinks I'm the best fighter he's ever fought because he should. You know, that's how he should every time. That's how I fight. I fight like I'm gonna. Like I feel like I'm fighting the champ right now. Not only the champ. I feel like I'm fighting Demetrius Johnson. That's that's what I'm preparing for. You know, I'm fighting the pound for pound best fighter in the game right now, and that's how I'm training. It, whether whether I'm whether I'm fighting the number freaking fortieth guy, it doesn't matter. I'm fighting the best. I'm fighting the champ right now. So it doesn't matter. Like I I I love being the underdog. One, for the betting reason. Two, you know, I, lo- I love pe- proving people wrong. I've been proving people wrong my whole life. So, you know, m- me fighting right in the UFC, fighting Alejandro Perez, 
next Saturday is proving people wrong already. So I'm excited for it. I love it. I embrace it. Yeah, and that's so cool that you're such a big fan of the sport. I didn't really know that. So now that I know, you know, once you get this debut out the way, you definitely got to come back on here. Let's break down some fights together, man, because uh, you you know your shit, dude, and it's always good to bet on some good underdogs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man, I love it. I, man, I love the sport, man. I, I love boxing. I love Muay Thai. I just love combat sports. There's, there's nothing better than it. You know, two people going inside the ring or the cage and, and, and figuring it out, like – um. A cool fight, you know, just just on a tangent. But like, did you watch that Benson versus Pitbull fight, dude? Pitbull was winning that fight. It was a good fight, man. Like, I I like the fact that Pitbull was obviously winning, but but the way Benson came back the second round was pretty dope because even though he didn't really land anything, he started throwing feints because at the first round Benson was coming in, rushing in, and every time he came in, Pitbull cracked him with his right. So then then Benson kind of got hesitant, but then the second round. Benson started throwing feints, which what, that's what he needed to do was have Pitbull bite. And then, and then Benson would, as soon as Pitbull bit, then Benson would strike. And he did it a couple of times. So I was really excited about it. But then Pitbull freaking hurt his foot and there goes my fight. And it, it drove me crazy because all the fans were booing. But I was like, this is like the best fight of the night. Even though there's <laughs> nothing going on, there's nothing going on. You, you don't see what's going on, but this is intense. How is Benson going to hit Pitbull? You know, so I, I, I love fights, man. I love watching all this stuff. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a student of the game, man. I, like, like right, I live in the gym. I literally sleep in the gym. Like, my sleeping bag is right there by the TV. And when I'm not training, I'm watching Fight Pass. I'm watching fights. You know, and if I'm not doing that, I'm with my daughter. So everything I do is eat, sleep, breathe, fight. That's combat what, sports. That, that's what's up, man. That's awesome to hear. And, dude, you know what else is funny? You mentioned how, you know, people's uh, – perception is a lot different than yours you know a lot of people don't think that checking leg kicks is a legit a legit technique isn't that hilarious that's that's, that's hilarious that's so funny man i i, I don't I, I check kicks but i don't really practice them as much as i should but my boy tommy aaron uh he actually just fought at rfa he's got a nasty check and 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 that's a, I know they work, you know what I mean? Like, I'll, I'll get a leg kick. I'll, I'll try to kick them, and he'll check my leg, and then I'm not kicking anymore for sure. Yeah, you got to ice that leg immediately after. Hell yeah, you get knots and stuff. You got to roll it out. It's not fun. Not yeah. fun at all. <laughs> so, Albert, man, before we get out of here, how's it going to go down? You and Alejandro Perez, Hidalgo, Texas, UFC Fight Night. What's going to go down when you two lock horns? Uh, just first round finish. That's it, man. I'm hitting him with an overhand right. First, I'm going to pick him apart with the jab, get him a little frustrated, and then here comes the overhand right, and he's going night-night. Awesome, man. Well, best of luck. And Albert, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle. It was an absolute pleasure, my man. Let the audience know where to follow you on social media and anything else you want to plug. Now's the time, bro. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, first of all, thank you. You know, I, you know, you guys are – it's my debut, and you guys are making me feel like I'm a superstar already. Um Shout outs to, oh, first of all, you can find me out Warrior UFC, I mean, 135 UFC, okay. Warrior UFC, I mean, uh, 135 UFC, one of the two. Try it out, I forgot, my bad. I'm, I'm, I'm going to see right um, now. Cool. And then um, sponsors, I want to shout out Gone 3 Fight Lifestyle. That's, that's my lifestyle. Gone 3 is, it's my family, it's my team, it's my fraternity. I love those guys. Um, I want to shout out my, my teams, the movement. Shootbox and Carlson Gracie team. Uh, shout out G Fuel, um, 22 Day Nutrition, Rev Gear, the only gear I'm rocking, and let's see, all oh, the Dark Side, 
Team Iridium, no reason. And a shout out to you guys again for hooking me up with this awesome interview. Oh, yeah, man. It's my pleasure. And your Twitter is at Warrior135UFC. So, fans, make sure to follow Albert Morales. Albert, thanks again for the time, brother. And uh, best of luck in your fight, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Remember, guys, everybody, bet on, bet on Money Morales and you're making money. Trust me. Yes, sir. Thank you, man. Have a great day. Joining me on this very special edition of Half the Battle is Sean Soriano. Sean, welcome to Half the Battle, man. My man, I appreciate you having me. Thanks for the call. Absolutely, it's my pleasure, dude. So, am I correct when I say this? So, you've been uh, you've been doing a little rapping. Did you just put out an EP recently? No, no, I can't rap for shit. To be honest. Oh, so is <laughs> it your boy Abel or what? I can't. Uh, Abel does a couple little freestyles of, of his own, but no, not me. Okay, so you've never been into rapping then, huh? No, no, not doing it, just listening to it. Yeah. Okay, well, what you got it on? Never been good at that. Yeah. <laughs> not even writing it, not, never mind freestyle or anything. <laughs> what you got in the playlist right now? Uh, right now I got probably uh, the new Travis Scott that just came out, and the DJ Khaled album was on my thing. I like the J. Cole album still bump that but jay-z is my favorite rapper so i can bump it to jay-z anytime ain't nothing wrong with a little old school jay-z right exactly jay-z is my favorite so hell yeah man so dude i mean you're taking on levon mahishvili ces 38 this is going to be a hell of a fight he's a very experienced guy how do you feel about the matchup i mean we match up pretty well i think he's a you know he got a good stand up real heavy hands you know uh on the ground he's solid and I, I feel like I'm solid everywhere, too. Maybe not how people saw me in a couple of fights, but um, I think I'm pretty solid everywhere, too. And I think it's going to be fireworks. You know, I think it being main event, both guys being UFC vets know how to how to get there and, and what it takes and, and, and experience plays a part now. And um, I think it's just going to play out real well. You know, I think something to to look forward to, you know. Absolutely. You said that people might not have the proper perception about what you're all about. And in my opinion, dude, even though your UFC uh, career didn't go your way, you still showed that you've got a lot of potential, man. I mean, that uh, two, three leg kick that you bring to the table is uh, is serious shit. And also, man, I mean, it seems to me like you, you drop these dudes in the first round. Is it a matter of, you know, you try to finish them and then you give it all you got? Or are you still figuring it out? Because, I mean, dude, you're only 26 years old, so you got a long way to improve. Yeah, um... It, 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 and I don't like to make excuses, but it, it had a lot of things to do with outside the cage, uh, especially my last fight. You know, the, the week of the fight, I was taking 3,500 milligrams of Tylenol just to soothe uh, my wisdom tooth pain that I had to take out right right when I flew back. It started hurting that week, unfortunately. So uh, second round, I kind of just felt my body cramp up and things went to shit from there. So... But I don't like to make excuses, you know. I, I don't think it was just that I tried to finish him. I just think physically I had something wrong with me. Um, I only put four, four or five pounds back on after Wayne's after for that fight. So, I don't know. Like, as you saw against Quay Hagen, I was, I was feeling good. And I think the UFC runs, they just had their own little, little issues of themselves, you know, mentally and, and just physically with my itself too some fights i took when i had two staff infections during the whole camp and can only train three weeks but those are things a lot of people don't know and don't see that i don't really talk about but you know i accept my losses and uh, and i learn from them 
Yeah, I mean, it is what it is, man. Obviously, the knockout of Josh Quayhagen was unbelievable. But, dude, in your UFC run, I mean, didn't you make your UFC debut when you were, like, 23 or something? Yeah, 20, yeah, 20, just turned 24, I guess, 24, yeah. Yeah, exactly, man. You're so damn young. So, to me, it's like, you know, even though you probably wish you were still there, it, it, it's no doubt in my mind that you can get back there, you know? All you got to do is, you know, you, you beat Levon Makishvili. That's going to get you right back in the radar, no doubt about it. Yeah, and then that's why when they offered me a fight, I was excited to accept that fight because it's just, you know, I want to fight names. I want to fight people who either have been in my shoes that UFC vets or, you know, what's going to take to get back to the big stage. And you got to fight names. You can't just fight bums. No disrespect to nobody. Oh, yeah, no no doubt about it, man. Levon's no bum at all. I mean, he's 11-2. and two, Exactly. And he's the kind of guy that, you know, he'll throw bombs on the feet, but his main goal from what I've seen is he likes to grind dudes out. So are you ready for, you know, an opponent with serious cardio that's, you know, he wants to he wants to weather your storm and potentially take it to deep waters? Yeah, I, I know, I've noticed that about him. Even his even his losses are all decision. So it, he's, a, he's a guy that likes to grind him. Solid, like I said, solid on the ground, solid in the clinch, also too that people don't understand. So I knew I knew he's gonna be trying to grab me and hold me. But you know, it's it's about who's gonna put their put their game plan and win and whip, uh, put their willpower that night. You know, I like to stand and fight. You know, so if he if he can if he can do what he does, then it's gonna go good for him. But if I could do what I do, then you know how it's gonna play out. Oh yeah. No doubt about it. You mentioned you love to stand up, and I mean, I, I said at the beginning of the show, you know, that 2-3 leg kick that you bring to the table is world-class. How long have you been working with Henry Hooft on your striking? Um, it's almost about five years now I've been with, with, with the Black Zillion, so this whole time, man, I, and especially coming out here, having such a high, high-level striking coach made me fall in love with striking a lot more than, um, than ever, you know? And uh, one of my one of my best friends is, is Robin Van Roosmaler, who's the number one kickboxer in the world at 70 kilos for glory. So I've been I've been having a lot of good help <laughs> to get that stand up where it needs to be. That's what's up, man. And uh, I hear that uh, your former opponent Chas Skelly is now training at the Black Zillions. What's it like training yeah, with a former uh, opponent, man? Um, I mean, at first it was a little not not awkward, you know. You especially I got the solid taste from that fight, so. I had a little sour taste in my mouth, but nothing. He's a cool guy, you know. He, nothing personal, you know. He had, a, he did me a favor by accepting the fight on seven days' notice, and letting me still go out and fight in front of my friends and family. So, I didn't really take it that serious. And now, you know, we help each other. We beat each other up in practice. You know, like I, 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 uh, I made a little joke. I was like, he fought me for 15 minutes, but now I have him for a couple of weeks. <laughs> there you it was, go. You know, little jokes like that. But he's, man, he's a cool guy. He's a, he's actually a great training partner, man. And, you know, we were just helping each other, you know. He needs help on a stand-up, and I obviously need some cleaning up on my on my ground and, and my wrestling. So, you know, it's just been a vice versa. It's been both great for both of us, to be honest. Yeah, he's a really cool guy, and you know, he made a joke last time I talked to him. He's like, "Thank God I wrestled him during the fight because, uh, you know, in practice he's whooping me on the feet." So it's kind of like what you said. You know, you guys are both, uh, you know, getting each other better in uh, opposite worlds. Oh yeah, definitely. He's a. And now that I train with him, I can kind of see why I, our fight went like that because he might look like scrawny and he might look like uh, body body like a little funny, 
but he's man when he gets on you it's not easy <laughs> <laughs> and then seeing him do it to other my other teammates of mine that you know a, a higher level or, or whatever the case may be it makes it a little easier to accept i guess you know he seems like the perfect training partner for an opponent like Levon Makhichvili. And honestly, I, I believe that he was either supposed to fight Levon or Hakran Diaz. I can't remember off the top of my head, but he seems like the perfect guy to train with for this fight. Yeah, and then I have other, I have other training partners that I've been working with also. But he, he has been a good good uh, part of this camp, you know, especially he's fighting next week. So our camps are very close together. That's what's so up. It, it's, been a, it's been a good run, yeah. How's he looking, man? Because he's taking on a very dangerous opponent in Maximo Blanco. He looks good. He he's a durable kid, you know. He's a he doesn't really give up ever. Even if you you beating the shit out of him on the feet, he's still gonna keep coming. And uh, like I said, he's awkward as hell when he grabs you. So I think it's gonna be a tough run for his opponent, you know. Man, anytime I speak to someone from the Black Zillions, I always ask them this question. Who are some guys that I need to look out for from your camp? Because, man, there's so many people at your camp that are really damn good. I mean, Danny Hot Chocolate, Desmond Green, yeah. Gilbert Dorinho. I can keep going on. So, I mean, who are some other guys that I need to look out for? Oh, uh, my little my little Mexican friend, Erwin Rivera. He fought the same night as me in my last legacy fight. He had that crazy war that he did the two flying knees. That's that's one someone to look out for most definitely. Uh, one of our best amateurs up and coming this kid Taiwan Claxton, very good wrestler and he he's been working his ass off. Um, my friend Jason Jackson who was on the Ultimate Fighter, uh, my roommate Carrington Banks, kid's talented as hell. Uh, he's I think four five and zero now in Bellator. So uh, uh, we got a lot of killers in the room, man. That's what I mean. It's it's a different it's a different game when you when you have so many talented uh, training partners that it's not like old old gyms where you know you get two good rounds and then maybe you can chill or coast a couple rounds and now uh, this 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 team is like full of, every round is a war. Yeah, absolutely, man. And how's a uh, MJ looking, man? Because that main event against Dustin Poirier that's a serious fight, dude. Yeah, that's a serious fight, and they. MJ's looking good, man. MJ MJ has great cardio. He's been actually one of my key training partners this fight, even though he has a different style than Max Valley, but he pushes a pace that I need. So uh working with him has been has been good and he looks good, man. When that kid's in shape, it's hard to stop him. How do you see that fight going down, man? Because like I said, it's it's a serious fight. Yeah. And uh I think it I think I think uh I think Michael Johnson comes through. I mean, I don't know if he's going to finish him, but I, I think I definitely think a lot of people are going to be surprised, especially the same way when he fought Edson. A lot of people were, were were really worried about Edson's kicks and stuff and all this and that, but Michael just walked through him and just put the pressure like he does and high-volume punch a guy. you got to be careful with those. If you're not accurate with your stuff, you're going to come back with four or five punches, and they're definitely going to connect. Yeah, definitely, man. They're going to come to fight for sure. So, dude, you and Levon Mahishvili, CES 38, how's it going to go down, bro? Uh, it's going to go. It's going to be a war. I just know it. It's going to be a grind and it's going to be a war. Uh, I don't I don't know any prediction for this fight, but I just know I'm I'm ready and, I, and I'm going to put on a show. So, uh, I hope he's ready because I am. It's three rounds, right? Not five. Three rounds, correct. Yep. 
Cool, cool. And let me ask you this, man, because your fight with Josh Quayhagen, it was actually in a ring, and, you know, a lot of your other fights have been in a cage. What was it like for you to, you know, transition to the ring, you know, from the cage, and you knocked the dude out in the first round? I mean, what do you like that better, or what's the deal? Um, For me, it, it made it better because of how I fight. You know, I put a lot of people pressure. So as you can see, Clay Hagen was right in the corner when he got knocked out. So that that played a part out for me. But um, as far as the difference, uh, it, I don't know. It, it was a little different, you know. It, it when I I took a kick, I took a couple kickboxing fights. I took one actually one kickboxing fight right before that. So it was kind of like a little warm up to it. Not not preparing that way, but it just happened to happen like that. So um, yeah, I mean I like it. I don't know about yet how it would be when they go to the ground, getting up, you know, using the ropes and stuff. I didn't get to feel that yet, but for me, it worked out better because I can put pressure and put people where I want them to be. That's what's up, and what are your long-term goals in this sport, man? Obviously, your short-term goal is to beat Levon Mahishvili, get back in the big show, but what are your long-term goals, Sean? My, oh, my long-term goals have always been the same. You know, I want to be the UFC champion. I want to be, like, the next Conor McGregor, I mean, I'm I'm not a guy that talks like that, so I'm not exactly looking to be the persona he's being, but just in the status that he's got, you know, where, where he's taking the sport to to a national level where where other athletes and other entertainers are, are catching on and, and wanting to be a part of his fights and all that. So just the level of, uh, the level that he's on, I would say, is, is something I've always dreamed of and and wish to be it. And man, who you got between Connor and Eddie? I hear that's uh that's the fight they're trying to make. Oh, I know that that's a tough fight, and Eddie's my good good friend. So, you know, you have to ride with your friend. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. He no was training at Black Zillions. I forgot about that for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's your boy. Yeah. And you know, yeah, it's yeah, interesting because some dudes have left Black Zillions, but it seemed like when Eddie left, he still remained cordial with everyone there. Yeah, his 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 uh, reason of leaving was strictly family. Family wasn't comfortable here in Florida, and you know they miss Philly, and um, he just does what he has to do for his family. He's a family guy, one hundred percent, before anything. So you know you got to respect that. A guy that can take care of his family, I can re- gets my respect all day. You know. Yeah, absolutely, and he's still got love for you guys. I mean, everything I've heard him say has all been positive. It, it was nothing about the environment in terms of the training. It was just, you know, like you said, it, he had to attend to his family. Yep, exactly. Well, Sean, man, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle. Yeah, worries, it's, man. it's been a pleasure, dude, and just let the audience know yes. where to follow you on social media and anything else you want to plug. Now's the time, bro. Oh, I appreciate that. I appreciate you having me. And um, everyone can go follow me at S Soriano MMA on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. And joining me on this very special edition of Half the Battle is Calvin Qatar. Calvin, welcome to Half the Battle, man. Hey, good to be here, man. Thanks. Absolutely, man. It's my pleasure. So, you know, it's not often that I talk to guys that are 15 and 2 that aren't in the big show yet. Why do you think you're not in the UFC yet, man? You know, uh, maybe some of it was due to the inactivity over the last uh, three years prior, but um, taking over Combat Zone, promotion I own now based out of, um, soon to be Manchester, New Hampshire, you know, it took a lot to get up and running, and uh, I devoted a lot of time to that, and, uh, you know, I guess I guess that could be a big attribute to it, but now here I'm, I want to prove that I'm back and, and ready for, for a shot. 
have you been inactive because people have been turning down fights with you, or is it because you've been injured? Uh, we all have our little bumps and bruises and things, you know, but that, that was a little bit of it. But the bigger part was, you know, 20, at the time, five, six, something like that. And, um, and you know, obviously, the, this, this fight and shit, there's not so much money in it, but, um, you know, you do it because you love it. And some sick part of you loves, loves getting in there, but that adrenaline rush, there's nothing like it. But, you know, I had to start getting something that could pay the bills too. And uh, what better, uh, what, what, what would be better than, you know, running a promotion and rationalizing training all these hours and just uh, also paying forward, you know, what, what was left for me, which was just a, a local stage to, you know, show off your skills and hopefully get a shot at a bigger show. So I'm looking to just, you know, pay it forward to the guys in the area and, still stay involved with MMA because I love the sport. You mentioned the adrenaline rush. Can you tell me firsthand what's, what, what that's like? Because for a lot of the people listening, they've never fought before, and it's cool to hear it directly from a real fighter. Yeah, man, it's almost one of those things you just don't know what it's like, man, until you step in there. It's crazy. Um, that, that first, especially that first time, you know, um, it's, it's just there, there's nothing like it. The unknown, you know, there's a lot of fear going in there. I guess you could say, I mean, the unknown, not knowing what's going to go on. In the beginning, it was surprising how I even got by. You know, Miss uh, Martial Arts at the time like the Wild Wild West. You know, commissionless a lot of times, and just medicals were somewhat required. But uh, it was, you know, it was just it was insane. It was um, I trained six months. I got my first shot. I went pro right off the bat after six months training. Nowadays in the Hampshire, you know, you need to fight three them to fight so you can even go pro. So a lot's changed since then, but, you know, getting in there, man, you learn a lot about yourself, especially when you start cutting some weight if you haven't already done that. You get boiled down to almost nothing, you know, and then, uh, and then you go out there and you get a perform in front of everybody you've ever met or whoever comes out and supports you. And, uh, you know, you could end up on a highlight reel, uh, hopefully on a good one, though, where you're knocking <laughs> them out and you're not knocking you out, but... Uh, anything can happen, man. There's small gloves, and uh, and I guess that what that's what leads to you know that big adrenaline rush, just the unknown. What's it like compared to one of your intense sparring sessions? Because I'm sure you've had many of those. Man, it's funny you mention that because it's like uh, you know you hear guys like Donald Trump talking about how he doesn't even spar anymore, and um, I'm thinking he's talking about all the wars he's been in, like especially he's training guys like Leonard Garcia and things. And, and he's he's going to war with some of these guys. Same with myself, man. They're telling this. Some of the best guys in New England, and Mondays and Saturdays, man, we lock and load, suit up, and, and we're ready to go. And when guys got fights coming up, like I said, you add in that weight cut and just that you know, that mentality that comes with it. A lot of guys, you know, it's confidence build their sparring to do good, and sometimes, you know, you, you guys will pick it up a little bit unintentionally just because you want to do well. After it, you're all hugs, you know, and, and good good vibes just everyone's pushing each other but you know things can get intense man and uh, I've had some some battles in there especially against you know when you do some cross training or set up sparring with outside gyms that you don't train with as often you'll see those ones get heated up pretty quick and that's the closest single fight you're going to get I'm glad you brought up Donald Cerrone do you think that modern day training is moving more towards drilling and less from sparring I mean you see it happen even now with football uh, you know training camp and all that it's like it, it's a little different because they got big money uh you know behind all these athletes they don't want to injure them before the season starts and you know a lot to be said about that transition in all other sports even mma you know you see guys uh doing a lot more drilling sparring uh, i think it's definitely inevitable but that 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 will transition into our sport a little bit more um also, just you know, you see guys like Joe Lozano from 
you know, never met him as, as bad as that is, you know, being from my area, but I haven't had the privilege yet. Hopefully he will, but, I, you know, he keeps his training very tight-knit. A lot of guys like to gossip at the sparring session, so I caught him in this, I caught him in that. And, uh, you know, that feeds deeper in there for the wrong reasons with the ego. But I could see why guys, for injury prevention, keep their gyms tight, their circles small, and, and just get good, consistent training with good guys. You know, a lot of guys are nervous to cross chain due to injury and things. So I think it's important earlier in the camp to get those in, get those live fights, but then you always come back home closer to camp and train smart. And just the best thing you can do is just be healthy going into battle. Now, if you look at your resume, I mean, you've beat a lot of guys already. You beat Bermudez via knockout. You got a win over Saul Almeida, Cody Stevens. So, to you, you're currently on a seven-fight win streak. What are your long-term goals in this sport, Calvin? I'll tell you what, man. It all starts with this fight. I really don't look past any fight ever. And uh, in order to reach any long-term goal I have, I got to take out Chris Foster. He's in my way. That's coming up two weeks. And, uh, you know, following that, when I don't have something lined up, I'd like to revisit that question and answer it, but it all starts and ends with this fight coming up. That's my main goal, and I'm excited about, about going out there and performing. Yeah, now a lot of people don't know this, but you were actually supposed to fight this guy back in 2012. Now you're fighting him in 2016. What's your opinion on Chris Foster? <laughs> That's pretty funny, right? Uh, you know, I give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, I'm going to be the bad kid. I think that was just a slip-up. Uh, I think it, it was a little unprofessional, but maybe it was, you know, unintentional, and um, so I don't really hold anything against him on it, but um, I'm sure he's going to be coming ready this time. He's fought some tough guys. He's a tough kid himself. He should be bringing a fight, and uh, if it's anything like he says he's going to do, which is come out and look for that knockout, then it should be one hell of a fight because, um, I mean, that's, that's how I like to fight. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. And, I mean, do you think – I mean, obviously you mentioned that, you know, you had to deal with some stuff outside the cage. But do you think, in your opinion, the reason you haven't gotten that call yet is because a lot of your fights have gone to decision? Uh, you know, lately, um, down 45, they kind of have. My last fight prior to the April fight before the layoff, um, and if you look at that one, that was right around the time I took that layoff. But, I mean, I dropped him three times in the first round, man. I almost got that knockout, but – Passed off to Gabriel, who's a tough kid, man. He, he rebounded in that second round, came back. He, uh, you know, he fought his ass off. But, um, yeah, I got a big thing here at 45, and, uh, and hopefully I'll get some eyes looking my way after, you know, after I prove myself at this weight class. But I've had plenty at 55. Now it's just about getting the job done at 45. So, you know, I'm excited about the opportunity again. Go out there and, uh, and try to get the job done. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. And what's that weight cut like for you? Because from what I've seen, I mean, you're pretty big for, uh, for 45. Yeah, you know, locally I'm big for 45, but uh, on that bigger stage, I'm right in line with the bigger guys. You know, the 45ers at that weight class, height wise, range wise, everything. So um, it's it's pretty much the the standard my size for the bigger show. But locally, you know, uh, I, I try to do better every time. Um, I'm, I'm actually beginning to work with perfecting athletes this time around, and they've been they've been helping me with my weight cut uh, since the start of it. I'm feeling good. I'm eating more than I ever have, and. Uh, yeah, no, I feel good, man. Weight cut's not too bad this time around, and, and I think you'll see in my performance. Now, are you also a fan of the sport, or are you simply a fighter? Oh, big-time fan, man. When I was even on the layoff and I was out there uh, watching guys compete for a combat zone, uh, you know, I was I was just sitting back and enjoying it as a fan. I was uh, It, it kind of revived my passion a little bit more in the two. You know, it was 45-pound cuts back when I was doing it the wrong way. Uh, it was draining. 
and um, and watching these guys compete for my show is just like, you know, it, it it kind of awakened me a little bit, made me want to compete, and um, you know, three years later, here here we are. You said your show. Are you talking about CES or what? No, Combat Zone. I I, uh, I own a promotion. I used to fight for. I fought for it nine times. Um, it's actually where I made my debut, and um, three three or so years back, I, I took over, and uh, we're on our 16th installment, upcoming November 19th in Manchester, New Hampshire. Damn, son, congrats. I, I had no idea about that. So so you balance being a fighter and a promoter? Yeah, correct, man. I think it's uh, I think it's important to understand what these guys go through, especially if you want to call yourself a promoter and things. I think it's very important to you know, know what they go through, and, and this way, you know, you could just set yourself aside from these other promotions that maybe don't take care of fighters, you know, the best. And uh, I think that's, you know, an avenue I can, I can, um, you know, really show these guys to come out and, and fight for me because, you know, I know it's like getting in there and I try to do the little things that they appreciate when they come fight for us, even as basic as, uh, you know, just not screwing them like the rest of these guys do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. Now, both jobs are absolutely no joke. Which one's tougher? That's a great question, man. <laughs> wow, that's probably the best question I've been asking in a while. Uh, <laughs> it's tough, man. I don't know. I, I do enjoy, uh, I do enjoy the promoting side of things. It's definitely more lucrative, um, you know. But then again, you have shows where you know things get tough. But uh, you know, both present their own issues. Fighting is nice because everything goes around my schedule for the most part. But when you're a promoter, it's almost like you're dealing with a bunch of fighters that they like you to go around their schedule, you know. So, um, yeah. Every year, we're tightening up what we do. We have a good team over at Combat Zone. There's some great guys helping me out. And trial and error isn't anything, you know. And, and I think I think both are at, you know, a nice, uh, smooth process right now. So I think I got a good balance going on. Uh, I'm excited about this fight. And then following this, we'll have that November 19th show. So the spacing and the timing's right. Now it's just about going out and executing. Oh, yeah, no doubt about that, man. And are you also the matchmaker or just the promoter? I got Ryan Finelli uh, helping me with the matchmaking, and uh, we had a, we also offer kickboxing fights as well, so we have a matchmaker for that. But uh, I do help out with the matchmaking too, you know, because I'm always in the gym with guys and I'm always looking to compete, you know, especially with someone they trust. So um, I always, you know, extend that that opportunity to those guys, try not to push it on them. I always just leave the door open if someone wants to come fight and compete for me. Then, uh, you know, we try to do our best to find them a fair matchup. And uh, I respect anybody that wants to get in there and come fight for my promotion. So I try to give them all fair, fair matchups. Now I'm that's what the fans want to see. Oh yeah, for sure, man. Now I mentioned earlier on the show how you were supposed to fight your upcoming opponent back in 2012, but I never asked you what are your thoughts on Chris Foster, the dude you're taking on at CES 38. Um, as far as you know, what is? What, I mean, I don't really think much about about Chris Foster to be honest. Man, I kind of just try to tighten up my product. Uh, get better as a martial artist every day. Uh, I know what he presents uh, as a fighter, and you know I'm I'm ready to go out there and, and show what I can do. I'm not really so much worried about what he can do. I want to go out there and do what I do best and fight my fight. Awesome, man. Now for you, what, what's your martial arts background? I mean, because I've seen your fights, I've seen you knock dudes out, I've seen you tap dudes out, I've also seen you go the full three round distance more than once. So I mean, what, where did you start in your martial arts journey? I started as a high school wrestler. Um, started a couple weeks late, got in a good high school wrestling coach, Bill James, and that kind of set the tone for my uh, discipline and you know weight cutting and just mental toughness overall. And um, you know that's, that's gotten me a long ways. And then I started uh, started got into mixed martial arts gym six months out of 
high school. I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I started training. Took my first fight six months later and just kept the ball rolling until uh, till now. You know, it's, it's been an exciting ride, and uh, who would have thought that it brought me at this point from fighter to turn promoter to back, you know, back now fighting. So uh, we're just trying to do it all. I'm mean, trying to balance what we can, just go out there and, and have fun in both, you know? Yeah, man, that's amazing. That's a great story. Now, I asked you earlier if you're a fan of the sport. Now, the reason I asked you is because I got to know what you think about this fight between Dustin Poirier and Michael Johnson. In my mind, that's a hell of a scrap, dude. Yeah, that's a great fight. You know, I, I like Dustin a lot uh, You know, from watching him fight. I actually thought he was going to do a lot better in that Connor fight. But it looked like he just kind of got clipped in the wrong way, whatever it happened kind of quick. I think if he didn't catch him so early, that would have been an exciting fight, man. Those two are scrappers. Uh, I got a lot of respect for Johnson, too. Um, Diaz is a tough kid, though, man. Coming off that fight, I believe that's his last fight. Yep. He should be coming out off that loss ready to go. I think both guys are hungry and should put on a hell of a fight. I'm excited about that one. Yeah, man, it's so good, and I'm really glad they got that in the main event. Now, Calvin, man, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now in Half the Battle. It's been a pleasure, dude. Let the audience know where they can follow you on social media and anything else you want to plug. Now's the time, Calvin. Awesome, man. Thanks. It's good being on here. appreciate your time. Uh, if you want to follow me, it's at Calvin Cater, C-A-L-V-I-N-K-A-T-T-A-R. That's on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And uh, I just want to thank my, my coaches, uh, Carlos Neto, Marco Grady, Sitio Tong, Carlos Neto, BJJ, uh, you know, Dr. Paul, chiropractors, bagels, repairing my body after we put it through beatings, and uh, my manager, Tyson Chartier, uh, takes a team to, to go out there and get the job done, and I'm looking forward to doing that September 23rd. Tune in. Awesome, man. Well, we'll definitely be tuning in September 23rd, CES 38. It's all going down. You versus Chris Foster. Can't wait, bro. Thanks for the time, my man. All right, man. Thanks. Have a good one. You too, buddy. Peace. There you have it, folks. Albert Morales, Sean Soriano, and Calvin Cater. Thank you guys so much for checking out this very special edition of Half the Battle. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Best Fight Picks. Go to bestfightpicks.com for the plays. And subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. So until the next time, let's cash these bets. (laughs) 